This is one of those topics that uh, there's various different thoughts on these things. And so, Lord, I pray for unity within this body, Lord Jesus. And we pray right now that you would activate us in the spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Today we're going to talk about a little bit of uh, bringing, a, bringing a knife to a gunfight. We're kind of talking about that. But we're talking about prophecy, and we're talking about words of knowledge, and we're talking about words of wisdom. So we're going to go deep today. But we have, had, we have a lost art in this society, and that lost art is seeking guidance. You guys ever feel that? Like it is completely lost. And I think it's not just like the little, like the, the next generation or the, this, the people out there. Just in general, seeking guidance is not something that we do. It's like the adventure and the going in depth and not sure what's going to happen next. But instead, we just lean on our iPhones. We just lean on our entertainment. We just lean on whatever to just not think about it. But how many of us need guidance in our life? You know, it's so funny. As a matter of fact, it's um, one of the things that's a challenge is this instant gratification and instant individualism that's happening that really doesn't allow guidance to happen like it's supposed to. You know, I, I, was, uh, I was taking a trip. One of my good friends and I, are the whole two families, and we were going from New Mexico to Washington State. So we were stopping along the way, and my buddy got the good idea of how about we don't do iPhones at all, and we just do an atlas. Like we're one of those things, we, you can still go to Barnes & Noble. I think it's the only place. We went at like Target, we went to Walmart, we went to different, only Barnes & Noble, you can get one of those atlases, the big ones that you flip open, right? That lasted maybe, maybe six hours. Like it was like, you just, you're lost without your iPhone, right? How, how many remember this? Like uh, the, from the atlas, we went to the MapQuest. Does anybody remember this? Like where you got MapQuest, throw up the picture at least. Whereas like this was your kind of iPhone. Do you guys remember that? Like when you traveled for work, you had to like look up all the places you would go. When you went to California, it was like hotel to In-N-Out, hotel to Chick-fil-A before we had Chick-fil-A, right? And so you would go and you'd have this map quest up and this was like your iPhone, right? And, and, but it doesn't last very long. And now we live in this iPhone world, this instant gratification world. You know, we miss the adventure of finding guidance. There is an adventure in finding guidance. And I think that there's, there's kind of when you look at it, when you see the, the life's biggest mysteries or life's biggest questions, we see the same thing happening. And I want to say that it's outside the church and it's inside the church. And I believe that the Lord desires for us to be a body to come together and to be getting guidance through a variety of different ways. The body should be a place where guidance is happening, but we've lost this art inside and outside of the church. We, we lost the art of just getting together and communicating. Have you ever tried to see like two 12 year olds now communicate with one another? It is painful to watch, right? Like with like, if it's not text, they cannot communicate with each other, right? And so, so there's not this communication. There's a loss in, in, in religious institutes, institutions and re spiritual guidance, right? We see that people don't come to religious institutions for guidance. And so we see this. There's an interesting thing happening on Google Trends. Happiness. Google's search for happiness has skyrocketed increasingly on what people are searching. Matter of fact, during COVID, you can see the spike on how do you become happy. And we see this trend. As a matter of fact, there's trends growing in general on mental health, and then also what we are to believe. People are literally asking Google, they're searching for what to believe, and they're literally getting it from Google. And so what we see is that some engineer 
in uh, Silicon Valley is writing an algorithm, good or bad, but just saying, okay, if you want to know what to believe, or if you want to know how to get happy, or you want to know how to take care of this or that, here is the best thing that we can find on the web for you. But there is so much more guidance that, that God wants us to have. And I would make the case that inside the church, this is happening as well. I think that there, there, is, there is a case that inside the church, we have become individuals. individuals. Inside the church, we have gone to technology. In time, inside of church, we've gone to instant gratification, self-help, different things to just kind of take or ease the pain or help us along this way. But God, if you believe this, has a mystery and hidden things that are so much beyond what we have. And he wants to guide us along in every aspect of our life. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We talked about this healthy spirit-led church. We talked about this uh, so many times kind of leading into this year, but we talked about this last week. We are looking at what, is it, what does it look like to be a church where the spiritual gifts are activated while at the same time being a healthy church, where we focus on God's word and Christ as the cornerstone, and yet the spirit is active and vibrant, and at the same time, the fruit of the spirits are active and vibrant as well, where there's love and joy and peace and patience, while there's prophecy and miracles and healings that are happening. That is the desire in our church. And we're going to talk today about the, two, the three things. And we're going to talk about prophecy and words of knowledge and words of wisdom, because I do believe that the church has to be active in these things right now. I, I was making the joke, but like, Literally, I do believe that sometimes the church is bringing a knife to a gunfight. And the Holy Spirit wants to do something within the body of Christ that is so profound and wants to move us as redeemed church to a deeper level that we didn't even yet know. And yet, we have to get there together and we have to do it healthy. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? All right. So, laying the foundations. There can be an overemphasis as well in spiritual gifts. So I want to lay that down, okay? There can be an overemphasis in spiritual gifts. We, we may, sometimes churches can get where they're like, okay, the Spirit's going to show up, so we don't have to prepare. We don't have to do the spiritual disciplines. We don't have to get into the Word. We just are going to go by the seat of our pants. That's not what I'm saying. When, when a need arises, it's not a genie in the bottle. It's not... It's not, okay, I need something, and so God, I'm coming to you, and you're going to take care of it right away, or you're going to give me a prophetic word. That's not what we're talking about. And so Sunday school, we're going old school Sunday school. We're talking about guidance as a whole. And as a body, when we operate with the spiritual gifts, we have to start here. We have to start with guidance from the word. Guidance from the word is the most important piece of any spirit-led church. There's no way around it, okay? We're not going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit if we are not foundational in the Word. We as believers need to have a discipline and a desire to get into God's Word. And when we say that, we, we, there is nothing that will build us up. Ask any mature believer. There is nothing that will build you up like a solid foundation of being in the Word and a desire to consume the Word. Consume the Word. We should have an appetite for the word because one of the things is if we want to be spirit-led, it will reveal itself through the word. For believers, there's nothing that's more important. It may sound simple, but Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my path. 
Psalm 119, 114. You are my refuge and my shield. I put my hope in your word. It's our guide. It's our everything. All right? So that's the foundation. We have to be not just readers, but we have to be consumers of the word. Have you ever spoken to somebody who's a consumer of the word? The wisdom that comes out of their mouth is unbelievable, right? I was just on the phone with a guy, and then um, he, he, he is a consumer of the word. And I was telling him about what we're doing. I was telling him about how we're building a church in the middle of a post-pandemic. We're building a church where inflation's going out, out the, off the wall, a place where there might be recession. There may or may not be recession, that whole argument that's happening. But at the end of the day, instantly, he had wisdom from the word because he consumes the word, right? So important that we understand this. When we're consumers, we naturally find guidance and help and direction and a rooting in the storm, a rooting in the storm. It's revealed there. Scriptures are our primary source of guidance in our life. It has to be, has to be. The scriptures are the clearest revelation of God and his will. You know, we're going to watch the NFL. I'm so proud of everyone here. 10 a.m. Seahawks game and this many people. It must talk about how bad the Seahawks are, not how great our church is, but that's a whole nother conversation. Sorry, Seahawks fans. Dawn is shaking her head over there. She's got it. Uh, but like we are here for the 10 a.m. Seahawks game. But when we go and watch the NFL game, there is a misnomer, right? You can think about how good these players are, and you can think there is a lot of natural skill there. But, but there is so much studying. There is so much work. There is so much depth to what they know about the game, and that's how we have to have our faith. If we want guidance, it's consuming the word. It's saying this is the primary source where God speaks to us. I'm laying that down as a foundation. Number two, guidance through counsel. We have to get guidance through one another. Christian community is so important, and I would make the case it's why multi-generational Christian community is so important. People of every generation, the older generation feeding into the younger generation, and I make the case, the younger generation feeding into the older generation. It's where wisdom happens. It's also why my wife and I prefer smaller churches because it allows us to be in relationship and to have counsel with one another. It's very important. We're not just a number, but instead people know us and they're able to feed into my life because they know the backstory, right? I hope that it's so important that, that we understand this is the shock of the story, but there are men and women in this church who are wiser than myself and wiser than Meg. But that's the beauty of it, right? Is that we come together and we, we get counsel from the word or we get wisdom from the word, guidance from the word, and we get guidance from one another. Uh, Moses, one of my favorite stories. I go to, to this all the time as a leader. Moses, his father-in-law, Jethro, is seeing that things are not going well for Moses. Things are going bad for Moses. Jethro is in Moses' life. He's able to speak into Moses' life. He knows what's going on. He knows who Moses is. It's very important that he understands this. And so the, the Exodus 18:13. the next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit at ju as judge while all these people stand around you from morning until evening? Fast forward, Moses' Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. 
counsel from other believers, guidance. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you and you cannot handle it alone. We need people in our lives who are able to say that. You are not able to handle this alone. You need counsel. You need to do something different. You are heading towards destruction, right? These are the things that he's saying. Jethro cares about Moses. He's going to counsel him. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. So he's saying, hey, spread this out. Raise other people up. And Moses does it. Counsel from other people is so important to guidance. So we start with the word and then we get godly counsel. And then we get just through plain wisdom. Okay? So through the word, through godly counsel, and then just through wisdom. Having wisdom. Having experiences that we have. And we get guidance through wisdom. Oftentimes, God will guide us uh, through wisdom that is given to us. When we fear the Lord, when we seek him, when we acknowledge him in our ways, we receive wisdom. And the scriptures tell us this. James 1, uh, 5 through 6. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding faults, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Note, he is saying faithful prayer is part of the prerequisite of getting wisdom. This is fervent prayer, okay? But he's saying that God wants to give it generously. If you're without wisdom, pray for it, and he will give it generously. God is a generous God. We shouldn't think of him as cautious in giving gifts. He's going to give us gifts, including wisdom when we need it, all right? And so God's wisdom is not something that's restricted, but rather it's given freely, but we have to ask for it. So you have the word, you have godly, godly counsel, and then you have wisdom uh, from, from uh, just your, your experiences. And the fourth one, and this is where we're going to live. I just had to lay that foundation because I, I don't want us to be a church that's just like chasing after the gifts because that's not what we're doing. We're saying this is our foundation, the word community with one another, and with wisdom, being wise people, praying and asking for wisdom from God. But the fourth one is there is this supernatural thing, this supernatural gifting that happens in guidance, okay? And you can make the argument that the first three are supernatural. You could say God's word supernatural. I, I would agree with that. You could say counsel from one another is supernatural, and you could say that wisdom is supernatural. But there's this fourth kind of element, which is these things of prophecy, gifts of a message of wisdom, and gifts of a message of knowledge. And we're going to focus on the two. I don't know if we're going in depth on these. Again, when I said we're teaching on spiritual gifting, we're teaching on spiritual gifting. This is something that I haven't really heard spoken a lot in churches where we go in depth on what this is supposed to look like within the body. So we're going to go in depth on what we think this should look like in the body. And so next week, we're going to go deep on prophecy. And then the week after that, we're going to go deep on discernment. Please note, before I talk about words of wisdom and words of knowledge, if you ever receive these, and I'm not going to talk about this, but it's going to be assumed throughout, there is a discernment process that must be taking place, okay? We're going to get to it. So I, I was just afraid that I was going to talk about all this stuff, and they're going to say, oh, he never talked about discerning it. We are going to talk about discerning it, but that will be a separate sermon, all right? Because it's really in-depth as well. But when we look at this, 
God uses all types to speak to us, but there is a supernatural guidance that happens. Maybe you have experienced that in your life. Maybe you have not. But it's important to understand that this supernatural guidance of prophecy and words of wisdom and words of knowledge is the exception not to be expected. Does that make sense? Like it's the expectation. It's not, it's not that we don't expect it. It's not that we don't ask for it. But, but a lot of times there is a genie in the bottle type faith that we can have where we don't get in the word, where we don't have counsel from good Christian people, where we don't have wisdom. And we're just like, God, I need you. So come through for me and give me a word. Give me a song. Give me a Bible verse. Give me something. But it's, it's the hard work of the discipline that's first. And so we shouldn't wake up and think, man, I just need a prophetic word right now. Because, because God's going to deliver it as a spiritual gift. So here's our root text. 1 uh, Corinthians, uh, first, 1 Corinthians 12, 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit who distributes them. So note, these gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. They are not meant to make us feel better or feel more spiritual from one another. When you look at unhealthy spiritual churches or unhealthy spirit-led churches, you will see this. There is a popular, it's like a high school. There's like a popularity contest of the spiritual gifts, right? You can feel it. And oftentimes people will come at it and it can be a form of manipulation and power. Siri just heard me say that. Sorry about that, Siri. But when, but when you see this, it's a special privilege that's given from the Holy Spirit. And remember this, we have to remember this, that the Holy Spirit does this. What does the Holy Spirit do? John 14, 6. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. The Holy Spirit guides us, but with true truth. But what is the Holy Spirit doing? He will not speak on his own. Instead, he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come? So the Holy Spirit is simply listening to the Father and saying what the Father has to say. And so this always has to be, when we get these things, there, this always has to be in alignment with God's word. Because the Father can't go against his word. This is not to get weird. It really isn't. Because the Father has already laid out his whole guidance in the word of God. And he's held to that. That's what's awesome about God is that he is that. And so when there is this thing, the spirit is not going to come in and do things that are just bizarre because he's saying, I only hear what the father has for me. And then I lay it into you guys. And that's the job. That's what the body is supposed to look like. It should always be able to stand up with the word of God. So first Corinthians 12, eight to one, there is given through the spirit, a message of wisdom to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit, the spirit of God, the spirit that Jesus was saying, I'm going to give to you is the spirit that delivers these messages. Okay. And so let's break down the words of wisdom first through, this is a definition that I found in my study that I really enjoyed just to kind of make it as clear as can be through words of wisdom. The spirit brings God's way of resolving a difficult problem or crisis that lies beyond our, or, our ordinary ability to work out a solution. This is what the Holy Spirit's doing with words of wisdom. From time to time, there will be people that come into this body, 
And in this body, they will have really difficult, complex, and broken situations. This is a real thing that will happen. Here's a newsflash. Sometimes that will be me. Sometimes that will be you. Sometimes that will be the person to your left or the person to your right. Not all the time, not all the time, but there will be moments where these, if you've ever been in the ministry or you've ever worked in a church, or you've ever been part of a body, there'll be moments where people come in and they're just dealing with something where they don't even know where to begin and they talk to you and you don't even know where to begin, right? Like it's just a real thing. And, and what we see is that in those times, we have to lead them, of course, to the first three. We have to say, what are you doing in the word? What are you doing in counsel? Who's in your life that's speaking into those? And what is God already saying to you through your wisdom? What might be there? But there are also times where we need this spiritual gifting of words of wisdom. And so they come, and you, when you have these moments, we can't be a church that shies away. One of my biggest fears is that we'd be a, sh a church that shies away from prayer and intercession. No, no, no. When you are going through it, you come into the body and you come and you say, I need prayer. I need intercession because I am at the end of my rope. Now, how the spiritual gifting works is on the other end, if we are a body that's activated in these spirits, we should have people, and I believe that we do in this church, that on the other end are able to, through prayer and through words of wisdom, provide words of wisdom, a message of wisdom to you that will guide you in a supernatural way from the Holy Spirit guiding them to help guide you through the situation. That's how the Holy Spirit is working through the body. When we come with problems and we come with solutions. Note it's saying, number one, that's given through the Spirit. Since the gifts of the Spirit are strictly of the Spirit of God, we understand that words of wisdom are an expression from God. And number two, it's a message. And there's a clear communication that's directed at the individual or at the situation. So whenever there's something going on in the church or there's something that's happening in your life, there should be this gifting that comes in where you can come into the body, we can pray and intercede for you, and there will be the Holy Spirit will reveal wisdom that's beyond our own understanding for your situation. Okay, let's look at a couple of examples. Acts 15, there's a serious problem that arises within the church. And that's, that problem is, what do we do with these Gentiles? What do we do with these guys? And do they get circumcised or not? This is a big issue. Let's just be honest. They're talking about some very sensitive things. And so we, we come in and they say, oh, what do we do about this? And nobody knows. <laughs> There's arguments happening. Some people think this. Some people think that. They're going back and forth. They're going back and forth. And so finally, James speaks out and he has the solution. The, the group discusses these struggles. The Holy Spirit, through James, I believe, gave an answer in a word of wisdom. Acts 15 through 13 they all come together. They're making all these different, talking about these things. And verse 13, it says, when they finished, James spoke up. He said, brothers, he said, listen to me. Simon was described to us how God has described to us how God first intervened to cho choose a people for his name from the Gentiles. The words of the prophet are in agreement with this as it is written. I'm not going to, this is a long story. So I'm just bringing this up. James then through the word of wisdom he says, I'm going to quote, look, it's in there, Amos 9. I, I'm going to quote this through his own wisdom or through the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I think this is where the saying, again, 
there's flesh and spirit. There, there's both things happening at the same time. You can be in your flesh and in the spirit at the same time. Can we agree on that, right? And so whether it's words of wisdom that's coming from the Holy Spirit or himself, but he's saying Amos 9 says this. He reads Amos 9, and then he says, look, earth, this beyond measure, here's what we should do. We should write a letter and, and explain to them what these Gentiles need to do to keep themselves pure from things, right? And, and, and then we're going to send some men with Paul and Barnabas to help them. And instantly, it says, all of them began to talk, and they all agreed, and then they all went to uh, Antioch, right? There is this moment where when we have difficult things that we go through, it's why our elder team, every time we meet as our elder team, we say, give us wisdom that's beyond our own understanding, because there's a lot of decisions that we have to make just in running a church in the building that are like, we don't know what to do, if we're being honest, right? I mean, we can use our own wisdom, we can use our own guidance, but we need the Holy Spirit to guide us because the Spirit has to be in this. There's the debate that can happen, but the spiritual, there's supernatural uh, guidance throughout that. Uh, here's another example, Jesus in Luke 24, 21. Jesus is preparing his disciples for the end times. Uh-oh, here we go. And he's going to say that you're going to face persecution. You're going to go to the synagogue and they're going to hate you. You're going to go into prison and we put, and what is going to happen is that he's going to give us a promise. Luke 21, what's the promise? I believe it's words of wisdom, a message of word of wisdom. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourself. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Notice it's a gift. I will give you. I will give you through the Holy Spirit. What will I give you? I will give you words, a message, a declaration, and wisdom, words of wisdom, right? And it's going to be so earthly beyond what these people can think that these adversaries, the people that are persecuting you, they're not even going to know how to respond to it. It's amazing. Matthew 21, 22, 18. Jesus uh, is faced with the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are coming. They're like, we got a trap. And there's this little trap for Jesus. He says, He's going to use this question of taxes, and the Pharisees aim for Jesus to speak against the emperor because if, they, if he does, he will get charged with treason. It's a beautiful trap, right? And so the situation is hard, and what we see is that Jesus knows how to maneuver these. Matthew twenty-two eighteen. But Jesus, knowing the evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying taxes. Now, I haven't gotten to this part yet, but I believe that this is, we see this, that he has this, this word of knowledge. He knows their intent. It's very important, the, the gifts of the Spirit, when we are operating there, there will be people that come into this body, and we have to know their intent. There are going to be people that come into this body, and they're not going to have the best intentions for the body. I'm just going to be honest with you. And so there's this, this word of knowledge or this word of wisdom where we're going to have to know What's going on? And so Jesus has the Pharisees like, oh, oh, I know their intention is not good. And then he said, he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. And then, and then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. Problem solved. Jesus brilliantly answers this, this trap. And what we see is that they were marveled by his answer. I believe that there was a message of a word of wisdom that was delivered where Jesus is able to maneuver these things in difficult situations. His opponents marveled at him. There, 
I, I've seen this with my own eyes. There is a lot of time where if you've ever been in a church body, there are moments, and again, it's not like this, like God comes down on me and all of a sudden it's like I have it all figured out or like this out-of-body experience, but these, these experiences where you come and you don't know what to do and through prayer and intercession, people pray and they deliver a message of wisdom to you. Now the second one is this spirit of knowledge, this gifting of spirit of knowledge. Now this is a crazy one as, as, I, as I look at it. So let's get the definition up there. A word of knowledge is the spirit's revelation of something to someone that they could not possibly have known by any human means. If this has ever happened to you, it is bizarre, okay? So this, this word of knowledge, this message of knowledge is this, this idea that there's these things that are unknown that, that when you get this gifting that you're able to tell things that are unknown. Sometimes there are points in the believer's life where you will know things that you shouldn't know. It's also, I will say this, it's also why it's so important that we're a healthy spirit-led church. This is a dangerous, dangerous area. It, it really is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Prophecy and words of knowledge in my particular uh, area is it's just an area that when, uh, if used poorly, it can be very dangerous. If it's led by the self, if it's led by the flesh, if it's led for power and manipulation, it can ruin people's lives. And when you hear church hurt, this is oftentimes where it comes from. Uh, there, sometimes it's just mean people, but oftentimes it's like, man, they manipulated me or they felt like they weren't, you know, that they weren't being truthful. But there is a lot. This can be dangerous territory. But when we, when we give it, and it's not from the spirit. People can take it as full truth. And I want to say this, I don't think we shy away from it because the other solution is like churches will shy away from this area because it's like, oh, this is too dangerous. This is not what we're going to do. But I believe that there is a, a middle ground. I believe that the spirit is moving and the spirit is active. The spirit wants to give you knowledge and wants to give you wisdom and wants to give you prophecy to further the kingdom. Amen. But we have to die to ourselves. We have to be humble within this. Let's start here. Classic illustration, John 14, 16 through 18. The woman at the well. The woman's at the well. And what do we see Jesus says to her? She said, he told her, go call your husband and come back. Verse 17, I, ha I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. She, she's going to go on. And her response is, whoa, I see that you're a prophet. I see that you're a seer. You see things that should not be known to you. This was a common thing in the, in, in this, in the Middle East, in this area. But I think it's a common thing too. There are seers within the body. I do believe that. And Jesus is simply saying, hey, I see you. I know you. And I'm going to call something out of you to make you greater because he does it out of love. And he's going to, Jesus knows the unknown. And so the spiritual gift of knowledge is the ability to know the unknown. And how many times have you had this? People reading your mail. It doesn't have to be like crazy sin, but how many times have I had people that say, come up to me and say, I can tell that you're anxious about something. Or I know that you're anxious about something. Or, or Kurt, I've had this, like, Kurt, is your anger and your temper getting in the way of you making decisions? I didn't talk about my anger and my temper, right? 
I'm not like crazy angry, but I get, I get worked up, let's be honest, don't we all? Now everyone's like, uh-oh. I have had that, I have had that word of knowledge on me. Uh, Kurt, you're meant to do this in, instead of that. I mean, these, these things that just like, you're just like, these are crazy that you know them. And they're not like out-of-body experiences. It's just, it's just, hey, through prayer, like they're just getting some, some knowledge of what they're supposed to say to you. And some people don't like it. Some people don't like people being in their grill. Christian community in general, people don't like it. Let alone when you add this element of, hey, we're going to pray and intercede together to make you better. But here's the problem. This is, this is the mercy of God. This is the mercy of God. When he gives these spiritual giftings, he, he's giving the mercy of God because he's saying, I, I don't want you to live this way anymore. I, I, want you, I want to call something out of you that's way beyond how you're currently living. And it gives us, if, it, if it's a sin that we need to deal with or a personal problem that we need to deal with, then it gives us a chance to repent, to, to turn from our ways and to go down a non-destructive path. And people, here, here's one of the challenges, is that people come into the church body and they're like, okay, I want good worship and I want a good word. But God wants to do so much more in this church community. And that's the, that's, the, that's the thing is that that's the knife to the gunfight is that I believe that the Holy Spirit instead wants to say, would you believe what I got? People at this church knew my heart. People at this church spoke into my life. People in this church were so in tune with the Spirit that I have actually changed. I have actually transformed. I am actually doing the hard work and that's what we want. We have to deal with the church stuff. I mean, with the heart stuff. 1 Corinthians 14, 25. Knowledge and wisdom and prophecy, I believe, is believer to believer. It really is for the uplifting of the church. It's for the building up of the church. It's to make the body look more like Jesus Christ. That's what it's supposed to do. But it's actually interesting. In 1 Corinthians 14, he talks about the power of these things once they take root. 1 Corinthians 14, 24, 25. But if an unbeliever or an inquirer, I love inquirers come in this church, it's like, hey, I'm just checking this out, comes in while everyone is prophesying. First off, is, is, <laughs> I don't know what this is supposed to look like, but is everyone just prophesying at once or what, what does this look like? But clearly there were prophecy, a prophecy part of the church, uh, and, then, and then everyone comes in. And they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their heart are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. It's a really interesting thing. One of the, one of the roles of these gifts of wisdom and knowledge is, is that we're supposed to come to the church and receive. And I really do believe that. But at the same time, I think that there is this moment where when people are hurting, when people are in pain, where we're supposed to have our antennas up. Um, just to say, is there a word that we have for this person? Is there something that we are supposed to say to them? Sometimes it's a word of comfort and care. Sometimes it's encouragement. Sometimes it's, it, it, I've had it multiple times where like, if you see me walking around where I'll just be in worship and I'll just feel a tugging of my heart to say something to someone and delivering it gently and delivering it in a way that like, I don't ever say like I'm speaking for God, but like I feel prompting just to say this to you. And I think that what, what's really interesting is that when it does, we, we, it, it gets to a place where God is among you, right? Like people just like, 
they're, they're, this life, they, they experience life in all its fullness when they come into the body because because the Holy Spirit wants to do a thing. Uh, I have a friend, uh, this is, a, a, it's just a story, but I have a friend who um, runs Alpha in, U, in the UK and uh, he was praying and it was the Holy Spirit weekend and, um, and they're talking about the Holy Spirit and all this stuff and he, they're praying for one another and, and he got this word strawberries and he just kept feeling the word strawberries. And so he sent out to the group, he said strawberries and, and a girl started crying and the girl started crying. She's like, how do you know that? He's like, I don't know. I just, I felt a prompting. And, and she said, I'm deathly allergic to strawberries. And she said, I, I've been going through this thing. And, and I like, in my head, I want to believe in Jesus. In my, in my heart, I just couldn't get there. And he, she came through a lot of abuse and stuff. And, and her heart was just like, it was hard to give her heart away, right? And she said, but this shows me that Jesus knows me, that, that, that he understands me, that he gets me. And it was just a, a word of knowledge that I think he got to just speak into her life in a real way. And what a gift when we get to just be there to bless people and to help people. And, and again, I, I, don't, I do not want to paint the picture that we're going to be bouncing around and like just all the time, all this stuff. But we need to have an openness, I believe, to prayer and intercession for people. And where we say, Lord, we desire to have words of wisdom to help people through their situations. We desire to have knowledge so that we can we can help people in their situation that god is really among us and how do we how do we activate these giftings i i believe that there's been times where people in this room maybe like where you you felt like you were supposed to deliver a word or you're supposed to say something to someone and and maybe you you haven't done it uh, i like i said i, I don't want to i'm not trying to make it where this is going to be like everything's going on all the time but where where god's prompting you to just deliver something and, and I believe that the Holy Spirit works that way within the body. I believe that the Holy Spirit works in a way that, that he wants us to build each other up through this spiritual gifting. But it happens through the highway of prayer and intercession. So when people are going through it, when people are struggling, I, I want each one of you to hear this, that, that we do want to be a body where you can come in and you can get prayer and you can get intercession. Where you can say, I don't, I don't know what to do. I, I, I need the Lord to speak to me in some way. And we as a body will come together and we'll come around you and we'll pray and we'll just listen to see if there's anything that the Holy Spirit has for us. And at the same time, I think for many of us, like there's this, this level of each one of us prepared and preparing our hearts to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say through us at the same time? Amen. I'm going to invite my, my brother Mark up. I think one of the, the ways that it's so important to do this is through story. It's to, to hear just like stories of in the body. Uh, again, this isn't like in my life, I think I've had like three prophetic words kind of over me that have actually taken place. So this isn't like something that's like, okay, this is going to happen all the time. But I'm going to have Mark share just a story of a prophetic word that came on him and then we're going to jump into communion. But um, I, I think it's just so important that we hear from the body different ways that the Holy Spirit has worked through this.